Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. A pleasant hello and welcome to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Got another exciting episode for you guys this week as we bring on the new Somerset Patriots pitching coach, Daniel Moskis. Very excited to bring him aboard. An interesting story back from his time in Major League Baseball as a fourth overall draft pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2007 draft. Uh, Also played a couple of seasons with the Lancaster Barnstormers in the Atlantic League, of course, the league that the Patriots were formerly in. Uh, He was with Lancaster both in 2015 and 2017 and just actually transitioned into the coaching ranks. Daniel had been a coach over at Driveline Baseball, a coaching academy over in Seattle, and was supposed to be the Yankees' single-A pitching coach for Charleston in 2020. But of course, that season was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So on his way back, now in 2021, Moskis will be the pitching coach for the Somerset Patriots this season. It was a great chat, so I'm happy to present that to you guys. But before we do, uh, a couple of other things that I do want to get into. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! First, I, I kind of teased it last week, but the Patriots officially unveiled their new uniforms for the 2021 season. Uh, three different sets that were unveiled last Thursday night. An alternate blue that sort of had that Yankees block lettering across the top that said Patriots. Uh, a road gray uniform that I thought looked really sharp that also has that Yankees road feel, that Yankees road gray kind of look to it. And then, of course, the jersey that everyone had been waiting for. We had teased it for a while. We've been using the hashtag Patriots in Pinstripes. Uh, the name of this show that you're listening to right now is Patriots in Pinstripes. So it stands to reason, and it shouldn't have surprised anyone, uh, that the home white uniform now has those pinstripes included. Uh, but it's really nice to see that old word mark for Patriots still going across the chest, still with that navy blue and red outline. A really, really sharp-looking uniform. And we've seen a lot of really positive responses online, which has been great to see. So it's exciting that we have new uniforms ahead for the 2021 season. Also, uh, single-game tickets are now on sale for all games in May. Uh, We saw an incredible amount of movement uh, in ticket sales for the first couple of days that these went up for sale, uh, which was a couple of days ago, uh, this past Monday. Uh, But there are still some games that are available, uh, so you're going to want to get over to SomersetPatriots.com to get your tickets for that first month of the season before all of those tickets are sold out because we're starting to trend closer and closer into that direction. Uh, And in case if you have any questions on how ticketing is really working this year, um, simply put, the the team is basically setting up pods of different sizes around the ballpark to make sure that all fans uh, that are in attendance are socially distanced from any neighboring parties. Uh, And this is, of course, in coordination with the guidelines put forward by Major League Baseball and also the state guidelines uh, from the state of New Jersey, which currently allows for 30% capacity at TD Bank Ballpark. 
And there's also, honestly, some unique seating options this year uh, that are available down the left field line, options that we really haven't had available for in, for single-game purchases in the past. Uh, we have tables down the left field line in what was uh, formerly our ballpark barbecue section, and then we have tables on our left field balcony as well, both offering really unique perspectives uh, to watch the game, and it allows us to have more fans uh, that can enjoy the game in person at TD Bank Ballpark this year. Uh, so plenty of options, uh, but tickets are going quick, uh, so you're going to want to get on to SomersetPatriots.com and get your plan together uh, if you're hoping to come out to watch a game in person in the month of May. And finally, uh, renovations are continuing to move at a very fast pace here at TD Bank Ballpark. Uh, a lot going on. The new indoor batting cage facility that's just outside the first base gate that kind of uh, juts into the red lot a little bit. That's coming together really nicely. That's probably the most visual part of the renovations so far because it is a brand new building that is being constructed. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility with two brand new retractable batting cages uh, that's going to allow for year-round access for players, year-round training. And it's something that the Patriots really haven't had previously. Uh, as evidenced by a new building that is being constructed. So that's coming together uh, brick by brick. It's really starting to come together uh, just outside the first base gate, uh, right near where the player's entrance uh, will continue to be, uh, but it's going to be a, a little bit of a different entrance way, at least for players. Uh, the clubhouse is coming together really nicely as well. We posted some pictures on a Tuesday of this week uh, that the new lockers for the home clubhouse have been installed. Uh, they're, well, they're still working on fully installing, but they're all here. And they're really, really sharp lockers, a real nice wood coloring uh, with a block Patriots logo on the bottom, a couple of locks on the top and bottom of the locker as well. So really, really sharp lockers that are coming in, and it helps just add a little bit more of that sense that we're close to baseball, seeing new lockers that are being installed in, in our brand-new clubhouse that has been completely renovated. And there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to get it ready for opening day. Uh, but, you know, the lockers are certainly a big step. In terms of other renovations that are currently going on here at TD Bank Ballpark, uh, the work down the right field line for the home bullpen continues. Uh, in case you've seen some of the pictures that we've posted, there's like a clear divider that goes right down the middle of where the lawn seating area used to be. It's down that right field line. Uh, so in case you were wondering, the bottom portion of where that dividing line is in where lawn seating used to be, that's going to be where the new home bullpen is situated uh, for games moving forward. So they're ta basically taking the home bullpen off of the field level and just shifting it a little bit um, towards the right into the bottom area, uh, the bottom section of what lawn seating used to be. And then the top section uh, on the top side of that dividing line uh, is going to be grass. It's going to be filled in with dirt and grass, and it's going to form once again, I guess, a smaller section of lawn seating. So there will still be some lawn seating available at TD Bank Ballpark. There's still going to be a grassy area down the right field line. It's just going to be a little smaller than it was previously because we have this new bullpen that is being currently installed uh, down the right field line. So that work is uh, continuing as well. There's brand new lights that are almost fully installed around the ballpark. Uh, they're really sharp. They're kind of they're like a little cylindrical, um, but they're black. So they're a little bit of a darker look, at least when you're looking at the lights. 
uh, than the previous lights. That's not to say that they're going to provide darker light. In fact, they're going to provide a lot lighter light. Um, the lumens that come with these candles on these new lights are extremely powerful. These are major league caliber lights that have been installed here at TD Bank Ballpark, which is really exciting. I'd say about five... I want to say about five um, light towers have been installed with these new lights so far, so only a couple of more to go. And the uh, the ability that we're going to have to customize the lighting here at the ballpark now with these new lights is really exciting. We touched on it a couple of episodes ago with uh, Vice President of Operations Brian Awicki, but we could change the colors of these lights so it's not just a, a natural bright white light there's going to be opportunities for red for for blue to go along with the patriots colors different lighting towers can go on at different times uh, to provide different types of shading different spotlighting you could dim it a little bit a, a lot of stuff that's going to go into these uh these new lights so so all of that is going to be a new element uh, that we're going to see at td bank ballpark this year uh, a couple of other quick things. The uh, the new broadcast equipment that we're going to have is currently being installed as well ahead of a conversion so the Patriots can broadcast all of their games or all of their home games, I should say, on MILB.TV. Uh, this will include a five-camera setup, which we're going to get into in another future episode. Uh, but also, the the probably the real standout um, item that we're going to have that's new for the broadcast this year will be instant replay. Uh, that's going to be available on the broadcast for the Somerset Patriots as well as on the video board for in-house instant replay when you're at the ballpark in attendance to watch a Patriots game. So uh, very exciting stuff there. And then there's also auxiliary offices that are currently being um, constructed for the Yankees, including female locker rooms, umpire locker rooms, um, new operations lockers as well. So a lot going on there uh, to get us ready for opening day. A lot of overall progress being made at TD Bank Ballpark. And, you know, I keep on saying it, but it's now less than one month away from opening day on Tuesday, May 4th against the Harrisburg Senators, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, and to help get us ready for opening day, after this upcoming break, uh, we've got my interview with the new pitching coach for the Somerset Patriots. So you're going to want to stick around for that. The new pitching coach for the Somerset Patriots, the former fourth overall draft pick in the 2007 Major League Baseball draft. It's Daniel Moskis. He joins the pod coming up next. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey makes sure their health plans have all the benefits you need. Telemedicine, mental health services, and more. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast, everyone. My name is Mark Schwartz, another very special guest for you guys this week as we begin to tease the 2021 Somerset Patriots coaching staff. 
We've got the pitching coach for the Patriots for the 2021 season. It is Daniel Moskus who is joining the pod today. Daniel, you are down in Tampa. How's it going down there, man? Uh, it's awesome. And if I wasn't wearing this mask, you would have been able to see the big smile on my face. Just that we're, you know, we're one step closer, one more thing crossed off the uh, checklist of being able to get back and play baseball. So, um, you know, we're, we're about five or so days into official workouts. Um, and man, everybody's just been bouncing around, upbeat. Nobody's got really anything to complain about. Everybody's just happy to be back. So it's, it's, it's a lot of exciting, it's an exciting time. And man, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah, well, the big league club has already gotten started with the season. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday, April 6th. So five days into uh, practice for you guys down in Tampa. How's everything going? How, how are the players sort of getting used to, uh, to everything down there and getting started again? Um, well, I will tell you this. The, um, you know, the people that are in charge of scheduling have done an absolutely tremendous job. Um, you know, there are all sorts of complications, logistics, things to consider given the dynamic of the world right now. And, um, you know, things have gone pretty dang smoothly so far. Um, and so their diligence and their effort and the behind the scenes work has been, uh, you know, pretty amazing. Nothing short of remarkable. So, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that. Um, and then the players, you know, things are a little bit different, but everybody's just so excited to be here that you see a lot more uh, fluidity to things and a lot more willingness to adjust and adapt because, you know, you don't realize how much you're going to miss the game or your appreciation for it when it, until it's taken away from you. Um, and so I think that we've got some guys with a whole newfound appreciation for the game baseball they're excited to get back on a field putting cleats on being around their teammates and friends so it's good times well i, I want to get into that a little bit because you know this is of course still a year that we're dealing with the covid19 pandemic and of course you know everything that happened in 2020 was affected as well including what was supposed to be your first year with the yankees so let's take a little bit of a step back to 2020 you're coming over as a first-year coach. You had your playing career, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, but can you talk me through sort of how this opportunity with the Yankees came about for you, both, you know, from being a coach over with Driveline Baseball in Seattle and then transitioning into, you know, a major league organization as a coach? Uh, yeah, so we'll actually take – I'll take you a step uh, even further back, um, and we'll talk about, you know, how I got started even working at Driveline. Um, and so I was still playing back in 2018. That was technically my last year playing. I was down in Mexico. Um, and, you know, I was, I was on the, you know, in the middle kind of a, of a really good three-year run where I was just throwing the ball really, really well. You know, I'd like to consider myself really like at the best as I, you know, at, at any point of my career uh, in terms of how I was throwing the ball but I wasn't really getting any of the affiliate level uh, interest um, and, you know, for whatever reason. And so, you know, I had known about driveline. I'd had teammates that talked about driveline. Um, and so I decided instead of going and playing winter ball, I was going to go up to driveline. I was going to go train there, um, you know, learn kind of how they're integrating tech with their development, see if there's something that, I was missing or wasn't doing or things that I can do better um, to ultimately, you know, kind of give it one last shot to like, okay, I'm either going to get back into affiliate ball. Um, I might play another year in Mexico if that, and um, you know, then I can call it a career. I know that at that point I've probably left no stone unturned. And um, I went there, everything went great. I learned a ton. I fell in love with that new age development, all of those tenets of development. Um, and so 
while everything went great with my training, um, you know, I threw in pro day, I got some interest, but no contract offers. Um, but what I did get was interest from driveline in transitioning to work there. Um, you know, they saw how much I loved the new technology and, you know, all of those types of things. And they also saw that, you know, I was, I have the experience of playing professional baseball for quite some time. And that I was just really, really good at interacting with a lot of the younger athletes that were there. Um, and so they saw me as kind of this perfect fit to, to join the team. And so, um, I talked to my wife about it and, uh, I was, you know, we had the conversations and, you know, it was, it was probably time. It seemed to be a really organic way to transition out of playing into the coaching side, which I will say, I never really thought about doing. Um, it wasn't until I went to driveline that I even thought about staying in the game as a coach. Um, so, you know, they really kind of turned my whole world upside down and not in the way you'd think in that I would have gone there, got in a, got a professional job, got back to the big leagues, things like that. No, it's, it's funny how things work out. Um, but it couldn't have happened more perfectly because I developed a real passion um, for for giving kids information and development tips and all of these things that, you know, I didn't really get it during my playing career because I played a little bit, in, you know, the older times, old school baseball. Um, and so they just weren't doing these types of things. And so I feel like I maybe missed out on some of that. And I wanted to make sure that I can give back to the game in that way. And so after talking with my wife, it seemed like a, an easy decision. Um, I said that I would give it, you know, another two weeks uh, to see if, uh, you know, this was mid-January. I said I'd give it another two weeks to see if a team comes calling as, you know, teams start reporting and, you know, maybe guys get hurt or guys aren't what they think they were when they signed them, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, it came the beginning, you know, right the first week of February. I was like, let's do it. Um, I'm on board. And, um, you know, kind of the rest is history. I went there. I was there for about nine months to a year. Um, and I just was in information gathering mode, just learn as much as possible and, you know, really try to hone my craft, develop my craft. And about, you know, 10 months or so into it, I started getting interest from professional teams, started interviewing and, um, you know, created a list of finalists and uh, ultimately joined the Yankees. So what was it about the Yankees that, uh, that stood out to you that made that the right landing spot as a coach? There's a number of things. One, you know, it's the Yankees. Um, there's, so, there's so much history there. It's a first-class organization. Everybody knows that the Yankees take care of their players. They take care of their coaches, their staff. They're just professional through and through. Um, and so that always resonated with me. Um, and then the second thing is the director of pitching there was the person who hired me at driveline. Um, you know, he's one of the smartest and hardest-working people I've ever met. Um, and I knew that I could, you know, use him, leverage him as a resource to continue my development, continue my growth, because I'm still, you know, very much, in my opinion, in my infancy of, you know, what I could potentially do in the game of baseball now on the coaching and development side. And so I looked at him as a huge opportunity to, to learn and to grow. Um, and also he was starting to, to implement a newer, a new system with the Yankees that, you know, they hadn't looked to in the past. And so I looked at that as something that's, you know, super exciting to be a part of, um, you know, get here on the ground and really work your way up and, uh, you know, kind of see the fruits of labor from the beginning. Um, and, you know, that really intrigued me. So you were supposed to be the pitching coach for single A Charleston in 2020, and then that season was canceled uh, due to COVID-19. 
Uh, did you have any concerns jumping right in and your first coaching opportunity would be immediately at a full season level like, like single A or, or did that seem like a pretty natural transition for you initially? Um, I definitely, you know, I, I looked at it as an awesome opportunity. Um, no anxiety at all. I think that there will always be anxiety as, you know, anytime you're in the performance industry where, you know, you have to produce results and things like that. Um, but, you know, that's nothing that I haven't experienced in the past. Um, so I'm prepared for that. Um, and, you know, also that's another, you know, awesome side of, you know, joining this program and, you know, having development first is, you know, it's not so much about the results, you know, wins, losses, things like that. It's the plan that you're putting in place and making sure that you're using the system that the organization wants you to use and that you're implementing that system of development because that's what really is, is important, especially at the lower levels where you've got the younger kids and, you know, you want those to be the Yankees of the future. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't look at it as a, you know, a stressful situation. Um, I just looked at it as an awesome opportunity. Well, you mentioned some of the younger kids and there's a lot of Patriots fans around here that are excited specifically about the pitching side of things with the prospects that could be coming through here. Uh, I know right now, Luis Heal is playing over at the alternate site in Scranton, but he had been assigned to the double A level. So we'll see how that progresses, but there's a lot of really exciting young arms in the Yankees system. Uh, can you talk me through a little bit about what it's been like working with some of these promising arms like Vizcaino or or Luis Medina? H how's that been for you? Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. The, the you know, it, it's truly mind-blowing just to see the talent. Um, and it's the most encouraging to see how these guys have come back because most of them um, have made incredible jumps, um, changed what their career arcs could potentially look like because they put in the work, you know, it's not like they just went home for a year long vacation. These guys, I, I've had kids that I was working with that were working six, six to eight hour a day jobs, then going and throwing and lifting at night. Um, some of them were doing that while also taking classes uh, to work on their degrees. So the amount of dedication that I've seen from some of my guys is mind blowing. Um, you know, it, it's truly been awesome to see. And now to be back here in the first five days of camp and just see that coming to fruition and seeing how that's playing out has been just the most exciting. Um, and to answer your question more directly, Somerset fans should be excited because it doesn't matter which arms end up there, they're going to be exciting to watch um, because the talent that we have is just absurd. Well, what's it been like from, from your perspective, not being necessarily with these pitchers for so long, coming back and seeing their progress does that throw off at all what maybe your expectations were from an organizational standpoint on on where these guys might slot? Like, have there been any surprises where, like, oh, we thought this guy was going to be a Tampa guy. Well, maybe it turns out he's actually going to be a Hudson Valley guy. Uh, has there been any of that, or, or are things still a little early to make that call? Uh, I definitely think it's way too early to make any of those decisions. Um, you know, we haven't even gotten to any inner squads yet um, where you'll really see guys separate themselves. Uh, and also that's really, you know, that's, that's outside of my, uh, you know, job description. Um, you know, my task at hand is keep track of the guys that are assigned to me, make sure that they're doing their job, make sure that they're getting their work in, uh, that they're following through on everything that they need to follow through on, on their end, um, and, and really handle the day-to-day -day operations. Um, you know, the rosters will work out the way that they're supposed to. 
Um, and I'll be excited to, to head north with whatever guys they give me um, because really the talent here, like I said, is just absurd. I want to take a couple of steps back. Uh, we did that earlier in the conversation, but let's do it a little bit more to the playing career to, uh, to provide a little bit more context to, to exactly what you're bringing to the table as a coach here for Somerset. Um, of course, fourth overall draft pick in 2007 by the Pittsburgh Pirates, Major League Baseball experience with the Pirates. And then a lot of our Patriots fans might know you a little bit more recently from your time with the Lancaster Barnstormers in the Atlantic League, both in 2015 and in 2017, where you made 74 combined appearances, including a number of appearances here at TD Bank Ballpark. Uh, so before we get into your experiences here at TD Bank Ballpark and, and playing against the Patriots, uh, looking at the overall scope of your career, having had that high resume coming out and getting drafted fourth overall, getting to the big league level, how do you feel some of your experience in professional baseball as a player will help you translate into what's going to ultimately be your first full season as a coach in now the Yankees organization? Oh, I, th I think it will, you know, pay huge dividends, reap, reap big time rewards. Um, just because, you know, I, I have developed my craft to the point where, you know, I have a skill set on the, the coaching side, but you also still have to draw experiences from your playing side. You know, you still have to exist in a clubhouse. You have to understand that you're around guys every day. Um, and so it becomes kind of your family away from family, um, so to speak. And so I think that a lot of that, you know, understanding the highs and lows of a season, you know, the, the lulls of July and August and things like that, um, you know, having that perspective to know what players are going through, I think really helps. And, you know, that's one thing why I got back into it is because I felt like I had so much to give back. There's just about nothing I haven't been through in this game. I've been traded. I've been released. I was drafted high. I got to the big leagues. I got hurt. I've had two surgeries. Um, I've played in Taiwan. I've played in Mexico. I've played winter ball. Um, you know, there's just a ton of things that I can give perspective on and, you know, really reach guys and connect with them. Um, you know, part of what I bring to the table is having my guys backs and being able to, to understand what they're going through on a day-to-day -day level within the game of baseball. Um, and I think that, that that establishes a lot of, of comfort and rapport with guys and just a lot of trust. Um, you know, something that I'm sure you've heard players talk about when you've interviewed them um, is that, you know, back in the day, you didn't really feel like organizations had your back. Um, and I can say wholeheartedly with 100% conviction that the Yankees have their players' backs. Um, and that's reflected in the way that the front office interacts with their players. That's reflected in the way that, you know, the coaches that they've brought in and the way that the, those coaches interact with their players. You can tell that they value culture. And I don't think you can place enough of an emphasis on that because culture is so important. And it can be toxic or it can be uplifting. Um, and I think the Yankees have really hit a home run with the uplifting side of culture here. Um, you know, I, I can't be happier to be a part of that. So it's been it's been really cool to see. And it speaks volume to just what my personality is and, and what I bring to the table. Well, we're really excited about that culture. Also, it's one of the many, many reasons why the Patriots were so excited to become an affiliate of the New York Yankees this year, the first time the Patriots have ever been an affiliate of a team. Uh, and you know that pretty well because you played against Somerset uh, in 2015 and 2017. So can you take me back to 
your time with Lancaster, and I guess we'll gear this part of the conversation specifically towards um, what you knew about Somerset going into this, this league and maybe your experience playing here, what you might know about the fan base and the overall uh, setup that we have here in Jersey. Sure thing. Um, and so uh, two different stints in Lancaster. Uh, the first one was I was coming back from Tommy John surgery and I just needed to get innings somewhere. Um, and so I signed, you know, right at the end of the season. Um, and, you know, I played, I think, for like a month and a half or so. And then we hit the playoffs. Um, I think we ultimately lost to Southern Maryland or something like that. And I think that might have been the year that Somerset went on to win the championship. It was, yes. I'm not 100% positive, but I thought so. <laughs> Um, and I've talked to John Hunton um, numerous, on numerous occasions. Um, he's someone that I really respect. Um, you know, I hate that, you know, he is, you know, and I, I don't know this with 100% certainty, but I don't believe he's still involved with the Somerset Patriots. But, you know, that pains me to know because I know what he brought to the table there and I know what he meant to the team and the community. Um, same with Brett Jody. And, uh, you know, I hate that for those guys. Um, I really do, you know, it's a great move for the Somerset Patriots, but it's not a great move for those guys. And unfortunately, baseball always does that. It's the worst part of the game is that sometimes it takes the jobs away from guys. Um, and so I hate that, but I do know about Somerset. I know that they were, you know, the top place to play in the league. Um, and that's a, a, a big part of that is because of John Hutton and because of Brett Jody. Um, and then you talk about the fan base, um, you know, they do a great job there. The staff at the stadium is awesome. Um, you know, it's, it, it's first class, it seems through and through, um, I would never have a bad thing to say about any of my time spent at TD bank <laughs> ballpark. Um, and so, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, hopefully filling some of those really big shoes in at least some way, shape or form, um, you know, at least doing the best I can to, uh, to make sure we continue to, you know, walk in those, those shoes and, you know, keep hopefully winning games, making, keeping the fans happy, winning championships, and just putting a good product on the field. Well, we're, we're excited to have you. I know the last time that you were here, you, uh, you got a win. You tossed an inning in the third of uh, scoreless relief. You, you forced yeah. Jovan Gonzalez to ground into it. We tagged you in Twitter in the video also. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was fun looking, looking that one back up. Yeah, we, uh, we opened the season there. I think we had a scheduled doubleheader as well, which was interesting. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, I got to face a couple of my good friends. Tyler Bortnick was one of them. <laughs> um, love, love Uncle Borty. He's awesome. Um, he was great. You know, he was a lot of fun. To, he dabbed every, everywhere he went. That was like 2017 was the year of the dab. And everywhere he went, Bortnick would just always – it was his thing. He loved uh, it. I love it, man. He lo that's a guy that just truly loves the game of baseball. And you can just see it in the way that he acts when he's on the baseball field. He actually, I played with them for a little bit in Lancaster, I think in 2015. He actually asked for his release in, in, the, in professional baseball, I think with the Diamondbacks, because he wasn't playing enough and he wanted to just go play every day. Like you don't hear a lot of guys who ask for the release from affiliate ball to go to independent ball just so they can play more. Um, and that kind of speaks volumes to the type of guy that he is and just how much he loves the game of baseball. But um, you know, dude. nothing, nothing but positive things to say about pitching in Somerset. And, you know, obviously, fortunately, I was good enough to get a win on, on one of those days. There you go. Well, let, let's bring it back to, uh, to this upcoming season. And I only got a couple of more for you, uh, but I want to talk about the overall coaching staff and specifically, uh, your work with the incoming new manager for the Somerset Patriots, Julio Mascara. 
What's it been like working with Julio and I guess also the incoming hitting coach, uh, Joe Migliaccio, and, and all of the coaches that we're going to have here? What's it been like working with these guys over the first couple of days down in Tampa? Uh, well, it's been hit or miss, um, you know, with unfortunately, uh, I've seen Julio a good bit um, and I've had good conversations with him and he is awesome. I couldn't be more excited to work with him. Um, you know, he's got the veteran experience. He's a catcher and they just always seem to know the game through and through in and out. Um, I can't wait to to be able to learn from him um, and work with him. Um, and that's going to be really, really exciting for me. Um, and also, I mean, we have a tremendous bilingual staff, which is going to be huge for me um, because that is a big, that's a big piece to the puzzle now is being able to communicate with players from all over the world. Um, and so I'm really, really excited about that too. Um, now I haven't seen Joe as much. Um, he's, I think, bounced around. Uh, we're, we're split from our two facilities. So the pitchers are mainly, the pitchers and catchers are mainly at our minor league complex. The position players have been doing a lot of their work over at uh, the Steinbrenner field. And so I uh, haven't gotten to see him as much, but um, you know, either, either way, the, you know, with communication being what it's had to be over the past year, um, we've definitely stayed in contact. Um, so I, while we haven't been able to work as much in person, doesn't mean we haven't been in communication. Um, and the only thing I can say is that they've been great. We're all super excited. Um, and we have a really, really solid staff heading to Somerset. So it's going to be really exciting as well. So th this year is going to be, I mean, you mentioned the communication. This year is going to be, of course, difficult again now with all of these COVID protocols that are being put in place. I know that Major League Baseball sent out uh, a manual, basically, with a lot of the rules that yeah. they're expecting teams to adhere to over the course of the season. And, you know, I, I've been in baseball now for nine years, and I know you've been in baseball a lot longer. And, you know, some of these rules might be a little difficult for some guys to, to fully follow. Um, so for yourself as a coach, going into this season where you're, it's your first year as a coach, and now you have this extra layer of all of these COVID protocols and guidelines that you have to adhere to and that all of the players have to adhere to as well. Uh, how are you approaching this new wrinkle as a, as a part of the season? And, and what are your thoughts on how to best have your players adhere to everything, you know, not only from at day one, but throughout the course of an entire season? You know, it's funny. Um, you know, you would think that it's actually going to be more difficult, um, but the diligence and attention to detail by everybody has actually made it easier. Um, I think that if this was a group of a random 30 guys that we're going to be heading to Somerset with, I wouldn't know how to feel about it. But everybody here is so excited to be on the field, to be back playing baseball, and everybody knows how quickly it can be taken away now that everybody's following the rules. They know the guidelines. They know what's important, and they're doing it, and they're following through. Because nobody wants to be that guy that causes it to come to a halt. Um, you know, Nobody wants that burden. Nobody wants that responsibility. Um, and so, you know, we've seen some pretty solid dedication to following those guidelines. Knock on wood, we haven't had any issues yet. Um, and I, I really strongly believe we're going to continue that way. Um, you know, I, I liken it. I'm a big Clemson football fan. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's probably obvious since I went to Clemson University. Um, but I, I do love the culture that Dabo instills there. And it's funny because he's been quoted in, in an interview as saying, he's like, I don't worry about when my guys are here. I worry about when they go home for 
a spring break or a fall break or something like that because that's when they're going to be around people who are maybe a little bit less diligent and don't care as much and that's when things might pop up so when we're here everybody's you know each each person's brother they're their teammate you know they have to have everybody's back and part of that process is following the rules and making sure that they're not putting themselves or their teammates in harm's way so you know, I think that we're seeing a lot of that here as well. Um, you know, you can call it the Yankee way if you want, but it's professionalism through and through. Um, so that's been really encouraging to see that they're, you know, regardless of language barrier or anything like that, everybody is really following through on on fulfilling their end of the bargain. Well, I'll, I'll let you go on this one, Daniel. And again, I know that you're really busy down in Tampa. So thank you so much for taking some time today. For, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to address some of the fans here in Somerset. You know, this is the first year that you're going to be a full-time head coach uh, in Somerset with the Patriots. So what can fans expect out of a Daniel Moskis-led pitching staff? What are we looking for in 2021? Ah, we're looking to strike out the world. <laughs> you know, we're, we're looking to, to be exciting. We have some electric arms, um, and I think that you're going to see a lot of, you know, the future Yankees come through Somerset this year. Um, you know, I'm really excited. I think that we really do. We're going to have, regardless of who's there, we're going to have an electric pitching staff um, and we're going to attack guys. That's the big thing is, you know, hitting's hard and we're going to make sure that the hitters know that. Um, and, and that's how we're going to approach you. Um, you know, the, these guys have all the tools that they could possibly ever need. Um, and now we're giving them the resources to even improve upon some of those tools. Um, and I think that you're going to, you know, you're going to really see that come to fruition this year. Uh, I'm excited to get started. Uh, we are less than a month away from opening day here in Somerset, which is wild to it? think of. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But I, I know you got a lot to do down in Tampa. So, Daniel, thanks again. And we can't wait to have you uh, up in Somerset in, in less than a month. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's, it's been awesome. And I appreciate you reaching out to do this and introducing yourself. Um, you know, this is this has been awesome. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey makes sure their health plans have all the benefits you need. Telemedicine, mental health services, and more. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. A big thank you to this week's guest, Daniel Moskis, uh, for joining the pod and helping us get ready for opening day. 
One last bit I wanted to discuss this week that will seem natural uh, and seem pretty obvious to a lot of longtime New York Yankee organizational fans, but may seem new to some Somerset Patriots fans regards the impact that a major league club can have on the Patriots roster. Specifically, regarding trades that might involve a major league player coming to the Yankees, but some lesser known minor leaguers that are traded from the Yankees to another team. Now, I bring this up because earlier this week, the Yankees completed a trade with the Texas Rangers, where they acquired infielder Rugned Odor in exchange for two minor league outfielders, Antonio Cabello and Josh Stowers. Cabello was ranked as the number 20 prospect in the Yankees system by Baseball America, but had only played as high as rookie level with Pulaski in 2019, so he was likely not going to be in Somerset this year. Stowers, on the other hand, a former 2018 second-round draft pick by the Seattle Mariners, did have a chance to start the year in Somerset. The 24-year-old hit 273 with seven home runs and 40 RBI over 105 games with single-A Charleston in 2019, and ranked as the Yankees' minor league leader in stolen bases in 2019. He stole 35 bags that year. And in our chat last week with Matt Cardos over at Pinstripe Prospects, uh, he listed Stowers as someone who had a very good chance of beginning the 2021 season as a starting outfielder in Somerset. And of course, now that won't happen because he is now a member of the Texas Rangers organization. Point here is that a lot of these trades that occur at the major league level now have very significant impacts on the roster we will see in Somerset moving forward. I mean, you could even look at the Jamison Tyon deal for the Yankees earlier this offseason and some of the guys that they traded away there. Miguel Zahure uh, had a chance to play in Somerset after he made two relief appearances with Double A Trenton in 2019, and he also made three appearances with the Yankees last year, but he had a chance of being in Somerset. Roancy Contreras started 24 games for single-A Charleston in 2019 as a 19-year-old, and he likely would have began the season in Somerset as well. And even a third player in that deal, Kanan uh, Smith, spent his entire 2019 season with single-A Charleston, hitting over 300 uh, across 124 games. So three of the four guys the Yanks traded away in that Jamison Tyon deal had a very real chance of playing in Somerset this season prior to that trade. It's one of the really exciting things about being at the double-A level now is that this is the stage in a player's progression to the big leagues where they really become an intriguing prospect that has a long enough track record in the minors that a path to the major leagues can really start to be seen. And this is another element of the game of baseball that Patriots fans are now going to have to follow more closely uh, to have a clearer idea of who might be playing at TD Bank Ballpark this season and in seasons to come. All right, well, uh, that's all I got now for this week. We'll be back with another episode of the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast next week featuring a big-name guest that you are going to want to keep an eye out for. Very excited for the conversation next week. Once again, thanks to Daniel Moskis, the 2021 Somerset Patriots pitching coach, for joining the show. And as always, have a pleasant weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, and WCTCAM.com every Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. 
please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.